So Drake just dropped an album. <laughs> Were you excited to see Drake's new album or yes. not? Do you consider that an album or do you consider it like a little project, a little... No, it's a little project. I don't even... I don't consider it uh, like a mixtape or like an album. I think it's just like a release, like three songs to get the people excited for the real the real main course, which do is you, Certified Lover Boy. Do you think any of those singles, any of those songs are going to be on the new album or do you think he's just going to drop it as like he did last time probably, with Scary, Scary Hours? Probably not. I no. think that they're just, I think they're just extras. They're their own thing. Scary Hours too. That's it. They're even mm. labeled under an umbrella. What tone do you think Drake is going to bring this time around? <laughs> is it going to be like Scorpions, like hyper aggressive? <laughs> yeah. Is it going to be like... I have no idea. <laughs> honestly what do you think i don't know i don't know because he's not really beefing with anybody right now is he like do you know if he's beefing he's, with anyone he's still subtly like so oh my god he's still subtly mentioning kanye so oh <laughs> so i don't know what to expect i don't think he's gonna really beef like, you know, but he will throw in the subtle, typical Drake bars that he does. Those little shots at people. The real question is, did he or did he not sleep with Kim Kardashian? Do you think <laughs> did, Do you think she gave it up to Drake while being engaged no. with Kanye? Or do you think that's just him playing psychological warfare no, with Kanye yeah. and making him, like, paranoid and shit? Yeah, I don't think she did. Mm. I don't think so. I think that she's... She's probably way too, um, what's the word, cautious when it comes to those things, only because mm. of what happened with the leaked, you know, sex tape and all. Mm. And so I don't think she would risk, you know, that being leaked and brought brought out into the open and stuff, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Do you, do you think that Kanye and Kim have like an open relationship, though? Because I always get that vibe from his music. Like he'll, he'll put quotes like, oh... Have you ever asked your bitch for other bitches and stuff? Like, do you think they have like so. an open relationship or is no, it? No, I don't no? think so. You think so though? I don't. You think that you don't think so? I, I know that I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> Only because, listen, they have four kids, four or five. I don't know. I lost track. They, I they, think it's like three, three or three or four. No, no? it's not three. It's more There's than four Saint, now. Uh, shy Northwest North and what's the other one? I didn't know they had a fourth one. No, there is a fourth one. I thought it was just. Do you want me to search it? Yeah, could <laughs> I could almost guarantee that there's a fourth one. Mm, Kanye West kids kids. I think. But anyways, like like to your point. Uh, like, yeah, as I think? was saying, I don't think that because they're listen they. I think that they're very, um, I think they're more in tune with like how they're, well, I wouldn't say how they're portraying themselves, but I think that they're, I don't know, they're kind of like a family unit now. And I, I don't see them, either Kim or Kanye, having like <laughs> side relationships because that gets into the public eye really quickly. Mm. And... They have like this, what people would think, like how they've portrayed it, this beautiful marriage with ups and downs, but like this beautiful marriage, you, if you've ever seen their wedding and stuff, how he proposed and like, I don't think they would tarnish it, tarnish Meanwhile, that image because they do all that they can to upkeep this specific image. 
Meanwhile, they're getting divorced now. Right. <laughs> and what do you think that's about? <laughs> that, I wasn't even expecting it, but but I was, and I think that part of the reason is because of the whole, um, maybe during the campaign where he was running for president, and he was talking about abortion, and, and he stuff. was talking about <clears throat> how he almost aborted his daughter, mm. or he wanted to. You see, like you mentioned, four kids, right? And they have four kids actually. It's um, Northwest. Psalm West. Psalm. There you go. Saint and then Shy. Yeah, Saint Chicago and Northwest and Psalm. It's not not bad. It's not bad. See, but like I don't view having kids as a how do I say this? As um like I think sometimes reinforcement for a marriage. I think sometimes couples they have kids to hold on to the marriage and Mm -hmm. to make the marriage worthwhile. You know, I think that a lot of like that's a common tactic or strategy. And you can kind of sense that with like not all, but some couples when they have like five or six kids and they pride themselves in it. Mm -hmm. If you really look into it behind closed doors, like their marriage is probably in shambles. Probably. And it's probably crumbling and that's the only way to hold on to it. Like like that's the woman's way of holding on to the man and vice and the man being entrapped by the woman. Especially the idea of having more kids. Mm -hmm. It's like you need to have more kids in order to have like this excitement again. Yeah, it's It's like being a parent all over again doing the raising all over again it's like the only way to um keep that adhesive you know sticky enough to keep Mm -hmm. them together it's just like before television like people would only like people fucked as a way of entertainment (laughs) censor that (laughs) no we're not gonna censor it like this is a free flow of consciousness but that's true though like back in the day like for example my my grandmother right she lives in brazil and she grew up in brazil Mm -hmm. and she has eight kids Hmm. right so i like i think that like i generally believe that back in the day like there was not much more else to life yeah and that's like my grandma is well my grandma and my grandpa they're like a child of six or seven or eight like it's always those numbers like it's like a big family a bunch of siblings and so it's crazy yeah i think i think it is definitely a way to i don't know because Because we kind of talked about it earlier about how, um, like, the pleasure of of having a kid and raising it. Mm -hmm. And then people, obviously, I think a big part of why people would have multiple kids is is because they're still trying to fill something, Mm. if that makes sense. You mean from the perspective of, like, portraying and project, not portraying, but projecting... For example, a parent did, wasn't able to make it on a varsity high school mm. soccer team or football team. And then he has a kid and he instills in him these goals and needs and these ambitions and mm-hmm. these, you know, like value judgments that aren't necessarily the kids. It's the it's the father's um, everything like it's the father's characteristics. So like people, I think they treat kids as if they're like these mini projects that right that, that and they take on and, and they, they want to like live vicariously through them 100 they want to they whatever they put like this is this goes for the parents that put their kids in a ton of 
like you oh, know yeah, different piano, activities violin and, karate yeah and then different sports like all at once like they will literally like they mm. will push their kids to the limit just to live vicariously through them like because it's all the things that they wish they, th- they had, had done yeah. and things that they had learned they wish <clears> that they could play three instruments and that they were talented and then but I think that that's super counteractive. It's like just let a kid breathe. decide, yeah. but not even breathe because kids gravitate towards creative endeavors. Like, but just let them decide what it is. Yeah. Like don't don't like force it onto mm-hmm. them. I think. But yeah, that's for that's for sure. People, parents sometimes do like try to put like um, instill their own goals. Mm-hmm. And speaking of creativity too, um, I've I've recently been thinking a lot about how, for example, a lot of creative people when they have kids, like there's some form of gene. I don't know how to explain. Like I, I like I think that there is such thing as a creative gene. I mm. think that it's passed on through generations, and there is a precursor to it, if that makes sense. It's like your parents were creative, so the you're more inclined to be creative yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was just noticing, so if you look at Kanye, for example, I think Northwest, right? Northwest, she's super... Is it Northwest? North, uh, yeah, the oldest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So Northwest, like she's, she's, a, like, she's a born performer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's already making her own music. She performs at Kanye's fashion shows. Like, she's all, like, she's all about the public eye, like, being mm-hmm. in the spotlight. And I think that she's the one that most uh, gravitates towards Kanye's persona, like, who Kanye is as a person. But I feel like, at the same time, Kanye doesn't impose it on her. He just exposes all of his children to the vast possibilities out there. Maybe less so now because he's a born again Christian and he's more, I think, I think personally he's more ideologically possessed in that sense. And Mm. I think ideological possession um, comes with being more confined into a box, into a certain way of living life. And so maybe that is wearing down Kim Kardashian herself. And maybe she just doesn't feel like that's who she is. Because, like, that's a commonality, right? Like, people who are really into a certain ideology, they try to uh, implant it and instill it in everybody's mm, DNA. Yeah, like, that's... everybody around them, they try to convert them into that because they believe so much in that position. Mm-hmm. In life. But anyways, I think that, I don't know, like, kids, to your point, I would not put my kids through all, like, every single class, every single club every single whatever i would just expose them to the possibilities and see where they gravitate towards right right because i think it needs to be natural it it can't be forced because they like they could end up being great at piano they could end up being great at violin or great at football but if they're not passionate about it yeah that's different that's that's way different you could be talented at something and not have a passion towards it mm-hmm. and i like that's all that's shown a lot in movies too it's like the parents have the hopes of the kid being the star athlete and then yeah. all this other thing like to and then that, yeah that, to, that void. <laughs> to, because they didn't do it themselves and they feel like kind of like failures i guess and then the only way that they feel successful and fulfilled like i said before is through their kids Mm -hmm. and to your point about the um like converting like trying to convert people into your um ideas i think that that's true 
because there there actually was a video of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West kind of having a dispute over how she's not on the same journey that she's on that he's on referring to his Christianity. Really? There's a yeah. video of that? So he was like kind of vocalizing how he was upset about her, you know, um portraying herself the way that she does on social media. Mm, so you know nude and whatever and so he's against that and she said i don't like she i i don't want to misquote it but basically said that i don't care what your journey is but it isn't my own Mm -hmm. and that's how she said it and she said you can do whatever you want for yourself but don't try to impose it on me Mm -hmm. and so that's what that that goes to your point it's like that could also be something that is attributing to maybe why they're getting divorced. It's like this difference in, in perspectives life. and like, yeah, and lifestyles. Mm-hmm. What do you think her, like, what do you think a person like Kim Kardashian's life purpose is? If you were to put yourself in her shoes right now, do you think that she wakes up every morning and like all she thinks about is how many millions are in her bank account? how like how she's going to be able to make more money like it to me it can't just be money i don't think i I think that you can't reach that level of success or any level of success for that matter while only thinking about money like you can reach it but you can't sustain it for Mm -hmm. as long as they have so what do you think her purpose is it's like most people are like oh like my purpose is to disseminate happiness into the world it's Mm -hmm. to it's to promote growth it's to help other people what do you think her life's motto statement is oh that's so hard because she she did start going into like the legal path you know of freeing people who were wrongly you know yeah like injustice yeah yeah, and justified imprisonment and stuff Mm -hmm. and but i wouldn't say that that's her purpose and i don't think that she thinks that that's her purpose i think that I don't I don't think our purpose is ever really clear to us a hundred percent. I think that maybe she thinks her purpose is using her platform. So she also created the skims. Uh, um, it's like it's like undergarments. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of for shape. It's shapewear. Right. Mm-hmm. And she did that to uh, quote unquote for all body mm-hmm. types. Right. And so. I don't know. I think maybe that's what she would say her purpose is, is using her platform mm-hmm. now that she does like is in money and is as big as she is on social media. But I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you what I think her purpose is. I would say I, I would hope that that's her purpose is using her platform. I would hope that that's the purpose of every person anyone. who's as successful as she is or anyone Isn't that ironic, though, how the person who and we were talking about this the the other day, how like Instagram, every girl kind of looks alike now. (laughs) And she is, I think, the solemn culprit. Her and her sister, Kylie Jenner, like they're both responsible for the way that most girls, not even Instagram models, most girls on Instagram aspire to be like. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think it's super ironic how. Like you said, she's now promoting all body types and she's promoting inclusion, being that she was this factor, this ultimate alienating factor 
on social media mm. and now she's here like promoting that created the, like a staple image of what girls should look yeah, like the hourglass es- figure. especially that hourglass figure definitely kim kardashian everybody mm-hmm. got the hourglass figure perception because of kim kardashian and i think that that's where from kylie jenner we right? can all trace it no I think the, the lips, lips. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Kylie Jenner. Yeah, yeah. Everyone will go to a lip uh, surgeon and ask to make their lips look like Kylie Jenner. And then everyone will go to, you know, a plastic surgeon and ask to make their body look like Kim Kardashian, this mm-hmm. curvaceous. And yeah, I think that they've definitely set themselves as the staple images, like image for the standards of beauty. But I don't think that it was... You know, their goal, I mm-hmm. think that that's how they aspire to look like. And then it just because of how big they are and how well known they are, that it just became what all well, not I wouldn't say all girls, but what most girls want to look like. And what like even some girls who don't aspire to be like that, mm-hmm. they can agree that oh, like that's the I- ideal ideal. Yeah, like body that's form that's what what men like, for example, yeah. or that's what I think is is more beautiful. Is mm-hmm. that like even if they don't aspire, they probably or or just agree objectively that that is the new standard of beauty. At mm-hmm. one point, it was being skinny and being, you know, say, yeah. looking like a model figure. And now it's this. And this is the societal standard of beauty is looking curvaceous and having bigger, fuller lips and having a certain structured face and a curved nose. Like everyone's changing their nose now too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's super crazy. It's great. Like when do you think we made the shift from titties to ass (laughs) i don't know because because at like at one point just like you said like at one point men every like virtually every man was attracted to breasts Mm. large breasts they didn't really care about if the ass was flat or if she had no ass or whatever it was always about the breast Mm -hmm. right like like 1990s early 2000s even it was like the model the Giselle um, Butchin or whatever her name is. It's like the supermodel. I don't know who that is. Giselle, he, she's um, Tom Brady's wife. No. But... You have no idea who she is? <laughs> Jesus. No. Anyways, I live yeah, so under a rock and I don't care about these It's people. a supermodel um, physique and stuff. And like a Victoria's Secret model, type yeah. of looking. Basically with like the boobs, skinny and skinny, stuff. Skinny, yeah. yeah. And then at one point though, there was a drastic shift to ass. And now the main trend is having a big butt. Mm. And that's why most girls work out. That's why most girls go, you know, like get plastic surgery nowadays. It's to get a big ass Mm -hmm. by any means possible. And I don't know, like, why do you think that happened? Like, like my theory is that. Again, it's just generational. I think it just as time progresses, standards of beauty change. And that's always happened. Yeah, but there's always a catalyst for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I think, I don't know, like my theory is that it's hip hop's fault. Because hip hop kind of promoted the whole big ass thing and they made it popular. And then, mm. I don't know. I, I guess that makes sense. I wouldn't say, see, it, I think that it's, um, I think that it's a societal thing, right? I don't think that it could be blamed towards any one perspective like 
you can't just blame it all on hip hop. I think that there's always like a figure too that people um, are referring to. For example, there was a time where um, I think it was Marilyn Monroe where she was like more curvy, and, and that more was chubby. like, and that was like the ideal at yeah. that time too. And it was like, oh yeah, like this is what beautiful is and stuff. And then it changed, and it was skinny, and then it's always changing. And I think it's because there's always this like pop icon figure or someone that like starts that leads it, leads that movement, starts it, and then everyone just kind of like feeds into it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in the hip hop community, there's like Nicki Minaj, and then there was a bunch of rappers who talk about how like fat her ass is. All the while, like I think that it starts with one person and then goes on and on. Sorry, I always hit that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I don't know either. I just think I just think it's interesting. But why do you think lips though? Like why why like what is it about lips that you think attracts people? It's just a physical attribute that's like I know, but why though? But why like what is it about lips? Because, because if you think about it, lips is a, like a sensual part of our body. Like but we why? use our lips to kiss, you know, so having nice lips is something that's attractive. Like you want to have nicer fuller lips because it's attract it's attractive because it's a sensual part of the body because we use it for sensual and sexual acts acts right mm. and so i agree yeah. just like eyes like people think eyes are very uh like they like having eyes that look a certain way a certain color it's it's attractive because it's so intimate yeah. It's like looking into someone's eyes. Like that's that's another thing. Eyes in general, I understand why it's mm. it's just because like it's like a, a window into someone's soul. Everyone right? says, yeah, Which that's is so, what someone it's, says. It's, it's super, super cliche to say, but it's true. But it's true. You see you can't really... so much experience through someone's eyes, and that has been, I think, exacerbated with COVID too. Because now during COVID, all you see mm. are people's eyes. So you don't see people's nose for the most part. You don't see their lips anymore. Like mm -hmm. the only facial feature you see are their eyes. And I think that that has taught. I think that if we take anything away from COVID from this whole experience is, is being able to better read people with less. How do I put this with less um, input? Mm, so okay. we're getting less input from people in terms of just facial expression and we're being forced in this situation in this scenario this unfortunate um, scenario that we have to just make do with what we have in every aspect including human interaction it's like people are expressing themselves with their eyes now and i and i think another thing is it forces people like let's say in the romantic aspect it forces people to if you want to approach someone, you're not approaching someone because you think they're pretty or beautiful, mm. unless you're looking at their body. If you define your standards of beauty by body type, then that's something else. But you can't see someone's face and approach them because they're pretty because they have a mask on, you know. So then it mm -hmm. forces you to have a conversation with someone first. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense it does it does but what you said is true too because we can only express ourselves with our eyes and even while i was at work it was super interesting it's eyes and voice mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people like would only be able to talk about is whatever you're wearing or whatever like they couldn't compliment like i don't know if that makes sense but mm -hmm. 
even for me, I heard a few like things about my voice while I was working. Mm -hmm. And they would say like, oh, your voice is relaxing or whatever, or it's, you know, you, you know, that type of thing. So I think Mm -hmm. that definitely it did force people to kind of read into our character Mm -hmm. through the eyes and through the voice. And it's funny because typically a sign of trustworthiness you you trust someone who has a great smile, who has a great set of mm. teeth, right? Teeth, teeth and smiles are very primal and comforting. And comforting. So mm-hmm. so you can really tell just by a picture of someone smiling if they are in fact trustworthy or not. Mm. So we all have like those instincts. It's like oh, like this person seems cheesy, this p- person seems sketchy, whatever it is. And then now you can't even smile. You can't even show your teeth. You can't even like do anything. So it's only your eyes. And I think that. It has worked for the most part. Like people mm. have figured it out and people have, I think, understood how how potent it is to see someone's eyes. And then now when whenever you take off your mask, for example, next to people who you haven't seen without a mask yet, mm-hmm. you're always surprised because yeah. it doesn't really match the rest. Like sometimes it doesn't match. It's, it's not about matching it. I think that just by looking at the eyes, you already paint this mental picture of what yeah. the rest is going to be like. And then, and and then, then you're kind of deceived. When it doesn't match. Yeah, that's it's so true. And, and another thing about what you uh, said just now. Oh, what was it? Um, about the... Oh, it slipped my mind. <laughs> I forget. Never mind. It's about like, the eyes, about not um, oh trustworthiness. Being trustworthy. Oh, yeah. So that's actually psychological. I was going to oh. say I learned in uh, in one of my psychology classes at Rutgers that um, people you like there are different facial muscles used to produce a real smile versus a fake smile mm. there are different like and we even did um it was kind of like an activity where we decided whether a person was insincere in their smile or whether they were sincere and it was so easy wow. like as you as you started being able to pick it out it was so easy to distinguish between the two because you could tell because you can like tell those. by the eyes oh uh, so if the eyes squint too much it's because you're putting too much effort no into no it, no or? it wasn't even that it's like you can tell when there's content in the eyes versus when there's not. And it's all in the eyes. And that's why, like you said, eyes are so powerful because even if they can't see our facial expression pass here, Mm -hmm. they can see it here. They can see if you're stern. If I do this, like you could see my eyebrows are stern. There's a facial muscle going on that's, you know, and same thing with inauthentic smiles versus authentic ones. It 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 literally um, changes the way your eyes look to Jesus. someone. That's how it's. That's how that's so powerful eyes are. <laughs> They're so powerful. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Yeah, you can pick it out, and you can tell when someone is, you know, fakely smiling, even in a picture. You know what though? Like I've always sucked at smiling. I think. <laughs> and i don't think that's normal to say like i'm just horrible at smiling in a sense where like i can't force it Mm -hmm, right so i'm not good at forcing it at all like i'm not good at because if i force a smile you can tell tell. even if you're 
illiterate to like psychology <laughs> or whatever, like you can tell that it's a forceful smile. Even if you're blind, even if you're <laughs> blind, blind, you'll feel it. You'll be like, oh, like this asshole is forcing a smile on me, but I can't. So either you make me laugh or you make me smile for a legitimate reason, and I mm -hmm. authentically think you're funny. And I think that that's more of a gift than a curse for me. Because it allows me to really set the standards for any social interaction, right? So, mm -hmm. for example, people, um, le let's say I'm talking to someone who's more of like a yes person, you know, like a mm, yes man, right. a yes woman. So any little thing I say, he or she will laugh agree, and just think it's funny yeah. and smile and just agree. If you approach someone who is more, I don't know, who sets the standard and the bar a little bit, like a little higher, Mm -hmm. The normal, you'll force that person to really recruit their social muscles in a way where they're not maybe used to. And I think that that's part of what I did with this podcast, too. Like, I noticed that a lot is that you really force people to get more out of their arsenal of mm -hmm. tools and what they thought they needed to bring to the table. They realized during the conversation, like, oh, shit, I have to. You know, like that they have to dig quickly deeper. get some more stuff and yeah. like put it on the table. That there needs this to be enough. more substance. There has to be more substance. Like it can't just be like a legit. Like that's the difference. It's like people just have superficial conversations every day. Mm -hmm. Small talk. Small talk. It's and like they're not used to you know tapping into something. Yeah, no, and and I always found this shocking whenever I would get at my job. Whenever I would get approached by someone who would bring up a topic that didn't have to do with weather. Mm. that's like the biggest the biggest thing is like how mm. the weather is outside oh it's so cold like i wish uh, it was summer it's so cold. yeah oh, and you, you saw like how much it snowed like uh, it's like, like oh, no i didn't see i no. drove here and i was just blind and shit. <laughs> yeah, had my eyes closed such an idiot i hate that oh, i hate my, that oh, or no i didn't feel it like i would i just like teleported from my yeah. house into, the, into here and <laughs> i didn't go outside is it really that cold <laughs> no Okay, but would you rather? All right. So, do you prefer to use small talk, like stupid small talk, like that, to like break the awkwardness, or do you prefer to sit in the awkwardness? Because, like earlier today, when we, when we walked Shadow, we encountered a few of oh, my neighbors, man. and it was a pretty <laughs> awkward situation because. So, just to give people a little bit of a backstory, we were walking my dog Shadow, and we encountered two of my neighbors. Mm -hmm. uh, this older couple and they were holding a child mm -hmm. right the probably kid, like two or the, three the, yeah the kid was like two or three and the kid was really intrigued by shadow and mm -hmm. he just wanted to approach him he wanted to pet him but his what i'm assuming his grandparents didn't allow it right um but we just stood there kind of while the kid was just looking at shadow and smiling and the People like his guardians didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Like they were just standing there, kind of awkwardly smiling and stuff. And then you and I were kind of like, "All right, uh, All right. what do and we then do when now? Do we walk away? Like when do you walk away? When do you say something? Like would you rather sit in that awkwardness mm -hmm. or would you rather or, make small talk? Right. I'd probably, uh, I probably would rather walk. Uh, well, I can't say walk away. I'd probably make small talk. Small talk like in that, and yeah, shit. versus sit in the awkwardness because yeah, it's just too. super, it's just super weird. It's like, oh, I would probably rather be like, oh, do you have a dog or something? Yeah. Which is something that we should have done now looking back in retrospect. But what we did was we offered 
them like the opportunity to pet shadow and obviously mm-hmm. because of covid and because shadow's super ener- like super energetic she assumed that he was like a dangerous dog mm-hmm. or whatever and she didn't want the kid to touch and then all she said was like no 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 but you could tell that she wasn't really i guess proficient in english i would say yeah i would say that too i don't so, think she was yeah so like maybe you know like it's different when dealing with, with people like that versus someone i don't know either but what can we take a break? I have to go pee. You you have to pee? Yeah, but we'll put in we'll put the ad here. Okay. We'll cut it. Can we do that? Yeah. Okay. Okay, guys. Uh she's gonna go take a a piss real quick. <laughs> and we'll be right back after this sponsorship. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, guys, we are back from the bathroom break, from the pee break. And I just want to put this out there because it's an opinion that I've been holding very strongly to myself. And I just want to share it with the world. I believe that women belong in the kitchen. Just kidding, guys. I don't believe that. But (laughs) apparently Burger King does. And that's another thing that I wanted to touch on. Burger King, I think they're genius marketers in general. Mm -hmm. And you recently took the course on Masterclass about marketing and got milk and stuff. Um, I think that that really rubbed people the wrong way when they read the headline or the tweet right so purposefully purposefully so it so it it was all calculated right like how do you create buzz about your business nowadays in this in this super uh postmodernist um uh nerfed generation you know like Mm -hmm. the snowflake generation how do you create a buzz about your business you you infuriate people you trigger people i think that triggering is the ultimate weapon now to garner attention and recognition in society quick question yeah. what is the snowflake generation snowflake. i'm so like out of you the loop know? with everything so, i heard about snowflake ted bun uh, not ted bundy sorry oh my god ted cruz's dog <laughs> ted bundy <laughs> ted cruz's dog ted cruz's dog's name is snowflake no that's not what i'm talking about oh. <laughs> I'm not talking about Ted Cruz's dog. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And he abandoned his dog, apparently, no, <laughs> to go no. to a trip to Mexico. I heard about that, too. During and the then people, Yeah, during COVID, too. And he's a politician. And, and people are like, well, wait, are senators, like, you know, allowed? dipping? No, he's oh. dipping. Like, he's leaving us here in Texas in extreme cold weather, like, by ourselves. And leaving his dog and behind and going to Cancun. No, no, no. Snowflake Generation... Uh, um, is supposed to represent the fragile mindset that a lot of people have nowadays. Wow. So okay. it's like people who get triggered easily, people who... Because they're so like delicate and they're, Yeah, they're fragile, okay. fragile-minded. So that's what it means. Mm. Um, I think that the best way, and Burger King nailed it, is to trigger people now, nowadays. Mm. And they did it with this statement. They tweeted out that women, women belong in the kitchen. But the backstory to that is that shortly after they explained what it meant. Mm-hmm. And they were announcing this sponsorship, sponsorship 
of this um, scholarship for, for female, for female uh, Burger chefs. King employees right. to pursue their culinary careers. Right. And but but think about it though. Like they put <laughs> they put out an ad in the New York Times, I think, right? A whole page explaining mm. that. And then in bold capital letters, they put women belong in the kitchen. And that title, and this just goes to show how people are super quick to judge and they don't read or have any desire to really look into the full story of anything. Mm -hmm. They want any opportunity they can to be outraged and to cancel anyone they can. So true. That they just read the title, read that one tweet, didn't wait five or ten minutes or however long it took for them to put out the second one, and they already started trying to cancel Burger King. Right. And I think it's super interesting because people consume fast information now. Mm -hmm. It's like when you get information, it's so quick. And then... It's so like they digest it so quickly. I don't without, think they, they digest no, it. No, but all. I'm saying this this fast information, right? Oh, okay. They yeah. digest it so quickly without like waiting for it. It's kind of like a like an appetizer, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when people put a rumor out there and they digest like they di- digested it so quickly. They didn't even wait for like the main course and the rest of the meal to you know, make itself presentable at the table so or, that people got or the to whole even story. Fact check it even, right, even. exactly. Like they'll put out that, like, do you know how many times celebrities have been pronounced dead on the internet? I, and, <laughs> and another thing. All the time. The, that, it's so true. And there was a, a video after Kobe Bryant's death of, like, a plane crashing. It wasn't even his plane. And he, people were like, holy shit, his look. helicopter crashed. Look, look at this. Oh, yeah, helicopter. Yeah. Uh Look at this, um, whatever. I saw that video. And people were saying that this was the the crash of his death, and and it wasn't. Yeah. And it was so crazy. I'm like, how? It's just, I think that it's like social media is all about fast information. It's whatever you can, like whatever is accessible. Mm-hmm. And then if it aligns or or it doesn't align with whatever you believe, then you like a lot of people automatically feel opinionated on something, mm-hmm. but and and it's kind of like this arms race to yeah. see who who can control misinformation. I think it's not even about informing people anymore. It's about mm-hmm. misinforming people to feed and suit your own personal agenda. That's true. So every news outlet does that. They kind of distort the news a little bit. There's no true, linear, straightforward factual news outlet Mm -hmm. everything is distorted to suit a certain agenda and that's just where we're at right now like you can't trust anything you read like you can't like we were reading an article online recently about um potato head oh yeah and we're not going to get into that on this episode we'll save that for a future one but the point is that the whole article (laughs) was biased towards a certain position right and not just like kind of biased they were extremely yeah like they were extremely on the opposite polar end of of the spectrum here's my thing and i'm going to give a quick opinion because i kind of caught myself earlier Mm -hmm. um i did have an extreme opinion earlier after reading the article Mm -hmm. but where i think i stand is there needs to be a middle ground there needs to be an understanding of both sides and I think that so many people nowadays are just one side or the other. Everything, everything in the world is one side or the other. 
you're either this or that, or you prefer this or, or you're that. So if, if you're, um, openly if you're openly republican and then people are like oh then you're a conservative karen right and then it's like oh if you're a liberal then you're you know some other depiction that they they've created Mm -hmm. and it's so like extreme like people can't even find a middle ground anymore Mm -mm. it doesn't exist it's either zero or a hundred there's no spectrum there is no like there's no other place on that spectrum it's either yeah zero or a hundred and i think I think back to what you mentioned with uh what was it the um the article right mm-hmm. I think that it's and and to the fast information it's like people purposely put opinionated ideas out there in order for others to gravitate towards it so mm-hmm. Burger King did this so people would gravitate towards it purposefully intentionally I'm sure they did that because 100%. it's something that's completely rebelled against. It's been rebe- like rebelled against for decades. Women belonging in the kitchen, this whole stereotype. Mm-hmm. And it was to enrage people. And then it's like, oh, wait, but no, it's not. But either way, people are already trying to cancel Burger King just for the I, I advertisement think, alone. <laughs> I think that their intent was to break the Internet. And I think that they were able to do that mm-hmm. because everybody like they're the main talking point now right for every especially discussion. in the fast food industry now especially, like and everyone's yeah. just focused on burger king and this kind of coincides with mcdonald's releasing their um plat uh plant-based burger i think it's called uh, oh. from like beyond burger or oh, something right yeah so the every beyond fast meat. food um company is in this race to see who can perfect the plant-based meal mm. so that they can um kind of capture the vegan population which is growing right every day but I think that that's great because it took all of the attention away from McDonald's product and they it just focused people to f- focus it's on like, the name. It's like, oh, Burger don't, King. who cares about McDonald's and yeah. vegan stuff? Like, focus that's been done now. Focus on this because we're doing something for. I have a question really quickly and yeah. we kind of we touched on it. Do you think the world will get to a point where everything is vegan? I don't think everything is vegan, but I think that we'll get to a point where eating meat just simply won't be sustainable anymore. Mm. And like eating factory farmed meat just won't be something that you can have easy access to. Mm. And the reason why is because I think that something great and beautiful happens when you are at the intersection of science development and advancement and economic um stimulus Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so the economy is promoting and uh kind of sponsoring scientific endeavors to come up with solutions for global warming for um uh, carbon footprint like all like all of these planetary problems do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like humanitarian problems so i think that we'll get to a point where Either it's vegan, made out of beans, black beans and chickpeas or whatever. Or soy. Or made in a lab. hmm So I think that, like, I think meat will be, like, this specialty thing. It'll be, like, super expensive. Oh, what a world. It'll be, like, super, super <laughs> nostalgic as well. And, and, and your like grandkids will, like... exclusive for the people who can afford it. Yeah. And your grandkids will be, like, 
surprised and kind of confused and like why do you like why do you get the meat from this animal that's living like why don't like why like why is do this you happening think, though do you, i think so do you i think, think it's it'll inevitable. get there i think it's inevitable inevitable mm-hmm. i i i, I don't want it to get there me either i and, love meat, but <laughs> i think that that idea is just unsustainable too why um see i i can't even say because of the economy because how much profit would people make if they but listen it's Mm. lower cost to have these mass production farms of cows and chickens lower lower cost than creating labs to to make you know to i think i don't know i think it's lower cost really i don't know i i'm saying i think i'm not sure but i would say that i believe it would be lower cost for people to have slaughterhouses versus uh labs trying to create all new different types of vegan foods i think from and i'm not an economist and but then that's I th- why it's more expensive i think but i think that Mm, I kind of lost my train of thought. I think... um, From an economist perspective? I'm not an economist, but I think... uh, I forgot what I was going to say. You said about... I think there's more overhead to do the whole lab thing. I think there's more money up front. But for the long run, I think it's a better business and industry to get into right now. Because if you think about factory farming, there are hundreds of factories that farm cows and chickens and Mm. they're competing for profit. Mm -hmm. They're competing for literally crumbs of profit because it's a hyper competitive environment. These big companies, these big brands, these big resellers of their products are like hold all the bargaining power if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. they have all the leverage because they're the mass distributors so they can pick and choose which factory supplier they get it from and Mm -hmm. so if they're getting it from uh, mr joe over there who has a factory farm in louisiana Mm -hmm. for let's say 50 cents per chicken right just throwing random numbers out there maybe ben in wyoming has another factory farm and he sees that that company gets it from Ben. So he'll be like, oh, gets it from Joe. And he'll be like, I forgot what names I use. But do you know what I mean though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he'll 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 make his, like he'll look at his profit margins and see how low he can push it. So if you could sell it for 35 cents to them, they don't really care. Like they just want the cheapest f- source. That's true. So they'll like all kind of like kill each other over who gets the main suppliers. But because they need it, it's high demand. That's my point. When will meat ever not be in demand? But I think that that could be said about riding trains and stuff. And like every prior to every big invention, everybody doubts it and says like, oh, like I'll never uh fly on a plane like i like i like i'll never stop using the the locomotive mm. the, the train or whatever the coal fuel train i see it's what more, you mean but there's listen, always this, resistance i think but but i don't know this is this is diet right and i think that you can only change it so much i don't see us 
like even if we got to a point where food was like virtual and we like consumed like <laughs> like emptiness out of the air because i've seen that in like tv shows like these holographic mm. like and then you just consume it and you feel full that's coming too by the way i like see, 3d printed see, meals see i don't it think it already exists yeah but i don't think that that's i i don't think that people will be fond of that mm. and i think demand is so important it's i saw this super video important. I saw this video recently where they 3D printed meat, like red meat, using using cells or whatever the fuck it was. But it's I not figured. real. It's not real meat, but it was 3D printed. And then what happened, which I found interesting, this was in Spain. One of the main Michelin star restaurants adopted that meat and they put it in their menu as like a high ticket item. Mm. And it became hyper popular because so everybody out of curiosity, it, right. it's super expensive. And then everybody out of curiosity, sometimes like they would order it just to be fascinated. And then the chefs would pride themselves like, oh, and after the fact, they would tell the customer, oh, that was printed. And then everybody's just astonished. They're like, what the fuck does that mean? And they show the whole process. It's like it literally prints out a piece of meat and they cook is it is it and real they, meat like like well obviously it's not real but it's made out of it, cells i think it's made out of animal cells so so when you're cells. so you can chew it then right yeah 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 like it's it's palpable it's real like you like you eat it there's no such thing as like holographic meat or anything like that. <laughs> you, well we saw that thing who's doing it what is it apple no, it's not Apple. Oh, Microsoft. The, Microsoft with the whole like holographic. What's that called? Uh, avatar next to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's so crazy. But see, that's something that you can't feel it. You can't feel that person there, but you see it because, well, obviously you have the virtual goggles on and stuff. But mm -hmm. I think I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a meat that I can't even chew. And then they're like, oh, but if you just like ingest it, you'll feel full afterwards. Like <laughs> no, I don't think it'll get to that. But I do think that printing meals is going to be a thing. It's, That'd be crazy. It's like, it, like, but think about it though. Instead of you having a whole fridge full of food, like you'll just, because I think it makes sense. Would you like, you would buy into that though? I would if I trusted it. Like, my whole thing is just trust. It's I like, if I trust that something is legit and if I understand where it comes from, like, I understand what, where meats are sourced from. Like, even if it's not the best quality meats because mm -hmm. of the environment that the cows are brought up in, I understand how, like, where meat comes from. It comes mm -hmm. from a living, breathing animal. Like, like, that's where it comes from. And I know that it can be trusted because it is a habit that we've had ever since the dawn of humanity, like like the start of civilization or whatever. What would you do if all the meat that you're eating now you found out is just printed? What would I do? Yeah. Like, how would you feel? I would feel fascinated. Really? Honestly. Yeah. I feel a little betrayed. <laughs> I would feel... I would feel a little betrayed, but yeah, I would definitely be fascinated. I would feel a little betrayed too. Because it's like, it's so easy to, like, for for us to be manipulated. We're so susceptible to it. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't be surprised if, if for example, like, when you're sold a um, technological device that mm -hmm. you're being tracked all the time and that you're, you know 
people are recording your searches and stuff. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. We're so susceptible to like these, you know, um, I don't want to say manipulations, but it's just like, like propagandas and stuff. Yeah, I guess. So I wouldn't, so I wouldn't be surprised if that eventually becomes the case where one day they're like, oh, like all this time you guys have been, you know, consuming mm-hmm. whatever. And then everyone's just like in shock. Mm-hmm. But. That's funny to me. But I think, again, that that's going to take a long time. Because I think, because from what I saw in this video, the meat itself does not look like real meat 100%. Mm. Like, you, like, you can tell that it's kind of like yeah, a Play-Doh consistency. Yeah, just like vegan meat. Vegan meat, you could tell. It doesn't... But vegan meat is getting harder to tell because that's, like, legitimately plant-based. Like, it's made with plants itself. It is, And the texture is also imitated. It's not hard to tell by the smell. I feel like I have such a distinct nose and I feel bad for anyone who's like lost their sense of smell during these times. Because of COVID? Because, yeah, because of COVID or their taste. But I have such a distinct nose that mm-hmm. I can tell when it when it is or isn't Because it has like a meat. chemical smell and stuff? It's, just, I, it's not even a chemical. It's because it's just like, uh, you know how vegetables, you can, you know the smell of vegetables. You know the smell of different <laughs> foods because mm-hmm. you've you've always had your sense of smell. Yeah. And so I think it's easy to tell by that. But yeah, you're right. In the appearance, it, it does get hard. But one other thing that meat is easy to distinguish versus vegan is the blood aspect, I guess. You could kind of tell. But they can mimic blood, too. And that's what they're doing a lot in you, laboratories. <laughs> you yeah. think so? They're, that's so weird to me. They're, they're, they're not mimicking blood. I think they're, they're just producing blood with, like, myoglobins and stuff. Like, I'm not a scientist, and I haven't really done my research on it. But I'm pretty sure, like, they're injecting blood into these fake meats. Mm, to make it seem more realistic. But see, but these, but I think that there's a big distinction between vegan products and these like fake meat products right Mm. because like they're trying to replicate meat for meat lovers right it's not made out of like like what you were saying before beans or chickpeas yeah no no even soy is is a a product along those lines it's not a factory yeah it's not a lab based yeah yeah and then they're so that's a vegan product or a vegan way. And then what they're trying to do now is like recreate the whole animal thing without using the animal, mm. which I'm all for. So like that's what I'm saying. It's like if it gets to a point where they perfect it and I can eat a plate of picanha or or like some like ribeye or whatever, and not really tell if it's made in the lab or not, I'll feel super paranoid to an extent i'll be like oh so if they're able to produce this and make it seem real so what else about the fabric of reality is also mm. fabricated you know so true. and but that's a whole completely different story but i think it'll get to that point where we just can't distinguish anymore and it'll be like you're you're eating that and they won't need cows anymore and i think the whole economy will shift and adapt accordingly just like it did with covid all these factory farmers, they'll either go out of business, a lot of them will, and the few that survive and have savings and have money to like invest and have government support, they'll create their own factories, their own um, science labs and stuff mm-hmm. and invest in that technology because it's a technology-based economy now. So whoever is not techno- technologically you know, 
um, advanced advanced enough will be left, left in behind the back. Yeah. Uh-huh. and that's why jeff bezos and bill gates and everybody elon musk everybody claims that their companies live 10 years in the future so mm. th- if you walk into an amazon headquarter like they're living in like 10 years in the future so they don't think about today and that's what makes them great mm-hmm. that they're always 10 steps ahead that's true but so I just want to segue real quick since we're talking about meat and blood. What do you think about that girl on TikTok who murdered her sister? You, you want to talk about that? I okay. So I briefly read through the article. I have no idea about what go- went on. So okay, so inform us a little bit. Uh, so apparently, there. I'm gonna just cut. Be really brief about this, but she was 14. The girl who murdered her 19 year old sister who had cerebral palsy, uh, how do you say it? Palsy? Palsy. Yeah, yeah it's, so she's, she's uh, disabled, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, she was posting TikToks, kind of like these subtle, dark TikToks. I, I, I showed you. It's like mm-hmm. these like anime figures that have like knives like in their chest and stuff. And they're like, bleeding out like purple blood and like you know whatever she was clearly a disturbed child and she yes she uh like if you watch her videos her name was claire miller i think but if you watch her videos you can tell that this girl was clearly undergoing some kind of like distress some darkness and um what's interesting is she posted a tiktok hours before murdering her sister by Mm -hmm. the way she stabbed her to death so Mm -hmm. back to the knives in these anime figures um but hours before killing her sister she posted a video and it was like quoting um how her dad says oh that reminds me of a gay bar in japan or something like that right and and you can tell her face that she's nervous Mm. she's just shaking and she's just like She's on edge, like you can tell. And people started like dissecting it after they found out. But long story short, or short story long, uh, <laughs> she calls the police and rats herself out and says, you know, I stabbed my sister. Mm. And they come and she's being tried as an adult. And, and how old is she again? 13? 14. 14. And is that legal though? Like, can she be trialed as an adult? Yes, yeah, she can. Fourteen. First, yeah. For oh, for attempt- first degree murder. First, right. Yeah, for like homicide. Yeah. yeah so I, I didn't know that. I thought you were tried as a kid still. I don't. I think it. It always depends on the situation and the state. I think this happened in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And they're and very. It's different they too they because strict- she called them and confessed it. Right. Because a lot of times the lawyer will like claim that the child is like has like mental disabilities and then right. They can't be and tried. they can still do that. So her, I think her court was extended for thirty days or something. So she's not going to appear in court for another thirty days, something like that, or until March thirtieth. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to be misquoted either, but. Anyways, uh, I think it was extended because they're going to try to figure out a story because what she did tell them and she told uh, someone that she, I guess, spoke to was that she was having suicidal thoughts Mm. and that it was impulsive, the homicide. Mm. So her intent was originally to kill herself. And she ended up killing herself. And she ended up killing her sister. Which is crazy because she posted a picture a day before of her and her sister and it's just, just smiling, smiling yeah. right? 
And then she also put in the picture this um uh, giraffe uh, stuffed animal. And then, yeah, and then covered animal, in blood. No, no, no. In the picture, smiling together with her sister. Oh, like the yeah. The giraffe was in the picture. Yeah, and and, and then the and then the next video was like the giraffe covered in blood. It was. And she used her sister's dead hand, I think, and she filmed it or something like that, like you said. I think I, that's or what people that said, hand? but I saw it looked like a glove. Oh, okay, yeah. It looked like a glove covered in blood. That's what I. That's what I saw. I don't think I saw like a like a dead hand. But so, TikTok did remove all the videos, and people are starting to repost them on fake pages. Yeah, which is what we saw. But yeah. So if there was a glove involved, then that means that her she, intent was to cover up her tracks, right. I guess, and try to get away with it. I think so. And then she maybe got heavy conscious. And she after the fact, after the as fact, as a decided. especially a kid would, yeah. because I don't think a lot of like serial killers feel like remorse the way that she probably felt minutes seconds later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I personally the way that I felt was just kind of upset, especially at the parents or parent because I don't know if both are present or not, but especially towards the parents yeah like where where were the parents where yeah where where is the supervision i get that this happened at night but it's like you don't see what your children are posting on tiktok or what they're absorbing every day you don't see uh, like you don't hear maybe the the child cry out like i think that there's a huge disconnect and stuff between like parents and their kids Oh my gosh! I yeah, I think yeah. it they're they're in their own bubbles. Mm-hmm. Like nowadays, it's like everyone is just in their own like own little world. Mm-hmm. And mm. the parent has no idea what their kids are consuming. Yeah. They don't have any more parental cold parental codes or yeah. anything like that. Like the parent her him, himself or herself have their own TikTok. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not one of those things where they. I don't know. Like if it was my kid, for example, I think that I would personally, and I don't have a kid, so I can't really speak on it, but. Just overall human nature, I think that I'm very good at asserting, not asserting, but assessing Mm. whether or not someone is off, if that makes sense. So it's like you can tell when someone has psychopathic tendencies. Like we all had that friend in high school who was kind of weird and who would sit in the back (laughs) and who would draw Mm -hmm. dead bodies and shit and who who would be extremely socially awkward. And nowadays, like on TikTok especially, which I don't condone and i don't think it's necessarily right but people are making jokes about school shooters and stuff and they'll Mm. always be like oh it's always that weird kid yeah and sorry what were you gonna say i was i was gonna say and um oh i forgot (laughs) i was gonna say that oh never mind you could you could continue it'll come to me it'll come to me but yeah no and so Back to like parenting and stuff, I don't think that I would allow my kids to have that much liberty and freedom in terms of consuming mm. stuff on the internet because the internet is a horrible place to be right now. That's exactly right. I would how I not feel. let my kid on Twitter at an early age. I would restrict them. Like my kids will play outside. I don't care if there's no more trees by the time I have kids. If all trees are extinct, mm. they're going to find a way to play outside. Like they're going to find a patch of grass, a patch of land, and they're going to play in the dirt. They're going to get dirty. They're going to come back home shower and like and then maybe at night then maybe at night i'll give them an ipad i'll give them access to the computer i'll give them their phones back like i don't know like it has to have balance too yeah because you can't censor it right there's no way to to censor your kid from technology 
True. in this new day and age of technology. There's no way. And and I, I just remembered what I was going to say. If you were spending enough time with your kid, you would be able to read. 100%. Read them super easily. So that shows that the parent didn't really know the kid Is at it, all. Yeah. Isn't whether whether they they do spend time with them, they're not, you know, Analyzing. like you said, assessing their kids. Mm-hmm. They're just like in their own world. So it's like whenever they feel, you know, I, and I don't want to put the blame on the parents altogether, right? Because, of course, there, there's a bunch of other things. Like we were talking about content that's absorbed. She was obviously watching anime with, like, people dead with, like, knives stuck in and them. And then maybe in her and head it was just normalized. And she's 14. And I get it. Okay, yeah. so you're going to have, like, a 12-year-old boy playing Call of Duty and killing people and stuff. And you're going to have this little girl watching anime stuff. And they're, like, you know, killing each other. You can't prevent it, right? But it's like just be being mindful of it and making sure that it there's a moderation because you mm-hmm. need everything in moderation. Yeah. Because if you overconsume something, it mm. starts to change your whole change you. Change because you. I think that you become desensitized. I think kids need to be pushed into so in, into socializing mm-hmm. as much as possible. Like they need friends, they need social groups, circles. I think that, for example, with the anime thing. This girl probably didn't have any friends, let's right. say, right? Like, but I she bet did. that a lot. Was I don't know, but girl? there was a video of like her hanging out with her friends late at night, like mm. at a park or something. But I saw it was on her TikTok. So, mm. so see, so it's interesting. It's like because all these kids ha- like are over consuming, you know, things um, on their devices and stuff. And then I don't know. I think it makes it worse when they come into a friend group. Especially over consuming because then you create like a little tribe, mm. especially if you share the common interests and then, and then you become even more and then, indulged. And then they reinforce that idea. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's like I think I, you I can't think it escape gets a, it. Like really tricky. Yeah. Because my because 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 my argument was going to be to um to say that for that for example, uh, I forgot what, what I was going to say. Can we pause it? No. Uh, so my my um, argument was going to be that... Fuck, I, I just lost my train of thought. This happened happening a lot today. Um, my argument was going to be that, for example, kids who don't have friends, mm. they tend to get go all in on a certain thing. So if it's the kid playing Call of Duty, if it's the girl watching anime, they don't have social connections or social contact mm-hmm. enough that they kind of just dive deep into this fantasy world and then they become desensitized because everything they see is normalized mm-hmm. to an extent. That's and then true. if all she does just lives in anime, then and anime becomes the standard. And so killing in anime is glorified to an extent. So then she'll associate that with real life mm-hmm. and then she won't really see it killing as an act of like horrific right, right. extent. I think that, yeah, I think that that's true. It's over, it's the overconsumption of something um, causes other people to not view anything in a different manner. And that goes to like what you talked about before, like ideological possessions and whatnot. So if if someone is too overconsuming of one thing and they don't ever give themselves a break of that, if that's the only lens that they can see through, then it just kind of diminishes any other any other way of living, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Hundred percent. And so, do you have anything else that you want to add Be- before we log off? Because uh, we're already at like an hour, almost well over an hour, a little bit over an hour. I don't know. I think we should maybe save it then. Save it then. Yeah. So what we're going to try to do with this podcast now, um, and we're really going to put some effort into it because we've both been having a lot of things happening in our personal lives recently that Mm. like we've just been busy and uh, we're trying to put this podcast out at a better consistency rate. Yes, I quit my job. Yeah, she quit her (laughs) job and we're both going to commit. Yeah, and it was great. It was great. And now... We'll both like we're both trying to really carve out time for this show because we really believe in it and we're going to perfect it as we go. We're going to perfect the format, um, get more comfortable, get more comfortable about the whole flow of it and not be, you know, and not make as many mistakes as we think that maybe we make, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So, yeah, so we're going to try to do this weekly for sure, minimally weekly and eventually multiple times a week. And yeah, so I hope you guys stick around and bear through all the cringeworthy <laughs> parts and segments of this show. And the tangents. Thus far, and the tangents and the brain farts and, and the, the rants and the, uh, and I the forgot, forgetting and whatever. loss of train uh, of thought. Yeah. Because we're both overthinkers. We're both chronic overthinkers <laughs> and we're both perfectionists. <laughs> we're too. both hypercritical of ourselves. We're both perfectionists. We're both overthinkers. And so we. I think that's why when we like lose our train of thought, we we think that we messed up so bad mm-hmm, that we can't get back from it's it. It's like now nah, and then your and then your brain just goes into a, like a bigger uh pit cuz you're yeah. trying to figure out what you wanted to say cuz it was so good and then mm-hmm. you lost it. And then you just get angry at and yourself. You're like, oh, why and you're did like, you do that? I don't want to do this gonna, show anymore and then you're you going to go look at yourself in the mirror later and give yourself a pep talk and And we're both hyper perfectionist. Like we're just perfectionists by nature That's too. That's true. And we want, you know, to make this as best as possible, but we'll get there. Still learning. So yeah, guys, so uh hopefully we're not far, though. Hopefully you're um <laughs> you've enjoyed this to some extent maybe you got some value out of this i don't know if you did please leave a like um if you're on youtube uh if you're listening to this on any other platform be sure to rate the show uh leave a comment if you're watching this on any other place i don't know where this will be available but just give us some feedback and let us know what you think leave us some questions some give questions us some too, controversial like some, like, topics, topics. And stuff to break the internet yeah that'll be great <laughs> We want to be the next Burger King. The next Burger King. That's the whole point of the show. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> All right, guys. So with that being said, peace out. And <laughs> bye.